Hello, word nerds. I am Spencer, your host of this podcast, The Dictionary. Uh, Hey, episode, what is this? Four, episode four of the letter E. I am skipping the last two episodes because I want to get a guest on both of them. Both, both of them, two in a row. Whoa, has that ever happened? I don't know. So, um, you know, I'm skipping the word ear, a couple other ear words, but we got a whole lot of more ear words in this episode and even more in tomorrow's episode and then the next episode. And then we get into a whole earth section. All right, stop looking ahead. We got to talk about the first word in this episode, which is earbud. One word, E-A-R-B-U-D. Noun from 1984. I did not realize that these are so old. A small earphone inserted into the ear. Um, well, I'm trying to think, like, you know, headphones, we would just put those on our ears. I'm trying to think of old, old 1980s earbuds. And uh, I don't know, I can't really think of any. I mean, I guess they must, they must exist. It must not have been very common. Um, I just didn't realize, you know, I was I was young. Maybe we need to find a picture of some uh, some of the original earbuds. I want to see what they look like. You know, these days they're very very common. Uh, they had the technology back 40 years ago to make little little tiny micro um, uh, speakers that are very very small to fit in the ear. Maybe into oh my sound effect. Um, Okay, maybe earbuds fit into the ear canal. Two words, noun from 1930. The tubular passage of the outer ear leading to the tympanic membrane. And it looks like we talked about all of this fun stuff in the previous episode because there is a very wonderful ear description. Can you believe that all of that stuff is inside of your head? Takes takes a very small, takes up a very small amount of space, I think. Um, so it says it's in the outer ear, and um, I mean, I guess this might just be the part that you can possibly stick a finger into, but how far in does the ear canal go? Um, is it, is it just a few millimeters? Is it a couple of centimeters? What exactly, which part is the ear canal? Is it the whole tube? No, it only says it's part of the outer ear. Hmm. Um, we actually, I'm, I'm looking at the picture. It says it goes to the tympanic membrane and, uh, you know, based on the description from the previous episode, it looks like the tympanic membrane it's a it's a pretty good way into the ear. Um, it's uh yeah it's maybe like half of your ear's height is uh, you know on the average ear is the distance from the hole into the tympanic membrane. So uh, I don't think I don't think the earbuds are going that far in. Those would be some very odd uh, skinny small earbuds. So no, uh, the ear canal it's a it's a sacred land where uh, foreign items should not be going into there. Unless you need a real good cleaning and then, you know, some water and stuff like that. You got to be real careful with that stuff. Uh, Okay. 
Next is ear candy. Two words. Noun from 1977. Music that is pleasing to listen to, but lacks depth. So much of the popular music these days uh, is, is just ear candy. Um, it's like a, it's some sweetness for your ears, but not so much for your brains. Um, yeah, I mean, popular music has gotten so repetitive, just saying the same things over and over again. I think there are some pop music people who are starting to get into back into some more depth. But I remember, you know, 10, 20 years ago, uh, there was, I, there was something that was like, um, it showed some lyrics from like a Queen song and it said written by Freddie Mercury. And then it showed some lyrics from some pop star at the time and it was this just so much re- repetition and it said it was written by i don't know five or ten people a lot of those songs are written by a bunch of people and they focus a lot more on the music which is good but maybe less on the lyrics which is maybe not as good you know we got we we, we need a good combination of both you want good music good lyrics some depth to it but sometimes you just want ear candy you just want something to dance to to move to to listen to and you don't want to be slogging you don't want to be listening to some depth some emotional lyrical depth you just want some fun music it has its place and maybe it sounds like ear clip two words noun from 1945 an earring with a clip fastener so you don't need a hole in your ear lobe or any other part of your ear to put on this type of earring you clip it on it's so much easier to take on and off, isn't it? Isn't it? Yes. Ear clip. I think, I feel like there's another name for those. Maybe not. Dip, 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 dip. Eardrop, one word, noun from 1720. The synonym, what? Okay. The synonym is uh, earring, E-A-R-R-I-N-G. That's going to be in a couple episodes but especially one with a pendant. So this is an earring that uh, it could be an ear clip or an earring through your through the hole in your ear, um, but it hangs down like a drop. It's dropping off of your ear, and it's an eardrop. I mean, I would have thought that it's a drop that you put in your ear to help with I, some, you know, some sort of ear problem, but no, that's not what it is. This next word is kind of related to what I'm this to the to the next word, which is eardrum. One word, noun from 1645. It's like the the drum in your ear is so tiny, so it's very small and high pitched, and it goes It's like a little uh little drum kit inside of your ear. The synonym for this one is tympanic membrane or tympanic either way is probably fine um so we all just call it the eardrum but the technical the technical name is the tympanic membrane because it is a membrane uh it is this like very thin tissue i guess and uh tympanic i mean we think of the the drum the timpani drum um what tympanic actually means i'm not sure but clearly it's related to drums because we call it the eardrum we really should be calling this colloquially the tympanic membrane more. You know, eardrum, it's so, 
It's so casual. No, we need the scientific term to be brought back. And it sounds like... Next is eared. E-A-R-E-D. Eared. Adjective from the 14th century. I am eared. You are probably eared because you are listening to this. If you are not eared, then you wouldn't choose to listen to a podcast. Because if you are eared, you are having ears, especially of a specified kind or number. As in, a big-eared man. (laughs) That's a funny phrase. A big-eared man. Um, Also... Golden-eared corn. Oh, so this is a different kind of ear that we're talking about. This is this is the corn. I'm sure we talked about that in the previous episode because there's are their ears of corn and they're golden in this context. Now, what what has a specified kind or number? I mean, the kind would be big ears or golden ears, um, but a number. What has a certain kind? Are there like Seven-eared cats? Is that a type of cat? I don't think so. I mean, there are cats that have four ears because they, you know, it's those weird genetic mutations or maybe they didn't, like, split fully from their sibling. So that happens sometimes. But um, I can't think of any specific animals or something that are called a number kind of eared thing. I don't know. I'll have to think about that one. Eared seal. This is a specific type of seal that is has ears, I guess. It's a noun from 1880. Any of a family of seals, including the sea lions and fur seals, and having independent mobile hind flippers and small webbed, de- oh, sorry, small, well-developed external ears. And it says compare to hair seal, H-A-I-R, which I don't, can those be similar? Can you have, can you be a hair seal and an eared seal, or do you have to be separate? Do the hair seals not have small, well-developed external ears? Yeah, some of them, they just, they just got a flat, a flat head. It was just tiny little holes for ears, but some of them have ears that stick out. And of course, we got to post a picture on social media at DictionaryPod for one, one of these kinds of eared seals. Oh, it's going to look so cute. The family name is Otaridae. Nope, too many D sounds. Otaridae. But there's two eyes, and I don't know what to do with that. Do, 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 Ear flap. Two word. No, one word. Noun from 1839. A warm covering for the ears, especially an extension on the lower edge of a cap that may be folded up or down. This is a type of winter cap that you're going to wear. And, uh, you know, some some places you need a little extra protection on your ears because they're very thin. The cartilage is thin and you could very easily get some get some frostbite or something. It, it hurts when your ears get cold. So you got to put the ear flaps down. You got to. Um, I've heard people say the dumber looking the hat, the dumber the hat looks, the better it's going to protect your head and ears. And I think that is true. Boom, 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 boom. Earful, noun from 1911, one, an outpouring of news or gossip, 
ooh, this, there's so much information, so much news, so much gossip. It's all going into my ears. I'm getting an earful of gossip. Ooh, what did, what did those girls do down this road? Give me the earful. <laughs> so terrible. Number two, an outpouring of anger, abuse, or complaint. So, I mean, you could be giving the earful, the news, gossip, anger, abuse, complaint. Ooh, those last ones, those are rough. Um, or you could be receiving news, gossip, anger, abuse, or complaint. You can receive an earful or give an earful. Either way, it's going into ears, it's filling them up. It's filling up the tympanic membrane with just all, just so much information. Earring, yes, yes, you'd say earring, but this one is only, uh, it only has one R, um, and so this one is a noun from 1626, and it is a line used to fasten a corner of a sail to the yard or gaff, or to haul a reef cringle to the yard. I love this sailing words and terms. Uh, a yard, a gaff, a reef cringle. So uh, it's it's a it's a line, a rope, a cord, a something, and um, you know you do stuff with it. And it is called an earring. Looks like it's it's pronounced the same way. I'm trying to, or maybe it's it's a very subtle difference to the earring on your ear. Earring on your ear, you emphasize the second syllable a bit, but in this one, you don't really emphasize it. So how are we supposed to say that? Earring. Maybe it's just that. It's the earring. Instead of earring, it's the earring. Hmm. Um, perhaps from the first form of the word ear, and there's like 10 different definitions there, so I don't know which one it is, because I haven't talked about any of that stuff yet. Earl is next. So, um, it's just E-A-R-L. It's the name Earl, but there's no capital E, so it's, uh, it's something else. It is a noun from the 12th century a member of the British peerage ranking below a Marquess and above a Viscount. I don't know how to say that word. Viscount, Viscount, Viscount. And Marquess, I don't know. It could be how it's pronounced. M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-S. Below a Marquess and above a Viscount. Earldom is a noun. The the place that uh, this person rules, maybe. Boy, I do not know my British peerage rankings. Uh, why, why have I heard of Earl more, way more, than Marquess and Viscount? Viscount. How do you say it? Uh, this is from Old English Earl, which means warrior or nobleman. Akin to the Old Norse Jarl, which also means warrior or nobleman. Earl Grey is next. Two words, capital E, capital G. Noun from 1958. This is a black tea blend, a black tea blend, flavored with bergamot oil. 
I've heard of Earl Grey, I've heard of Bergamot more recently, and I had no idea that Bergamot was in Earl Grey. Um, and uh, this is actually named for Charles Grey, who was the second Earl Grey, um, also uh, an English statesman who died in 1845. So, okay, couple of things. Um, so he was an Earl. Charles Grey was an Earl, I guess. He was a member of the British peerage ranking between a low, uh, below a Marquess and above a Viscount. Um, and he was the second one. So does that mean that his dad maybe was the first Earl Grey? Um, or maybe there was a different person named Grey who was also an Earl? Uh, we'll never know. Um, but they, what did he, did he invent this type of tea? He was like, I love this black tea, but I also really love bergamot oil, and I want to blend the two of them together and see what that tastes like, and then it became an international success. Earl Grey tea. Earl Marshall, two words. Marshall, um, is M-A-R-S-H-A-L, I feel like sometimes it's maybe spelled with two L's, so I wanted to mention that. It is a noun from the 13th century. An officer of state in England serving chiefly as a royal attendant on ceremonial occasions, as marshal of state processions, and as head of the College of Arms. Uh, yep, uh, they marshal things and they're an officer... And I don't know anything else about it. Earlobe is next. One word, noun from 1851. The pendant part of the ear of humans or some domestic chickens. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Chickens? They also have earlobes? Some of the chickens have earlobes? Yep. You know it. We got to post a picture of uh, chicken's earlobes. Now I'm just imagining human ears on a chicken. And that seems wrong. Um, okay, the pendant part. This is saying that the it's the part of the ear that hangs down. But some people, um, it doesn't really hang down. It's, it's attached. I think my earlobes, they're attached at the bottom. Uh, you know, in, instead of like a U-shape. It just, just goes straight into the, the jaw. Um, and so, uh, I mean, I guess it's still, it's still down there. And it's just so fleshy. It's the fleshiest of flesh, which is why uh, there's no cartilage there. It's just the tissue. And, uh, and uh, this, this is why people uh, get it pierced. It's like the first thing that people get pierced because it's probably the least painful and easiest to poke. Uh, I did have uh, my ear, I had one ear pierced, um, and then uh, I got a second piercing above it, and that one got a little weird. It got, I got a bump on it, and so I took that one out, and I, so I got my ear pierced. Uh, should I save this for earring? Maybe, maybe we, we, we can do that. Yeah, all I want to say about earlobe is that my earlobes are attached to my jaw, uh, that's where it goes, and uh, that it's, you know, some people are like that, and it's we're we're all great people because of that. <laughs> it's time for a drum sound. Doom doom tick tick doop doop bucket tick doop. 
earlock. Noun from circa 1775. A curl of hair hanging in front of the ear. This seems so oddly specific to be in the dictionary. Uh, I mean, okay, so so there are uh, the Jewish young boys or, or old boys, young men, thir- you know, anywhere from probably five to, I don't know, 18. I don't know the ages. Um, but they wear those, those earlocks. They grow them out and they're often curly. I don't know if they're naturally curly or if they curl them. Uh, I know that they have a name, a specific name, which, of course, I cannot think of. So those are the most common example I can think of that would be called an earlock. Um, but in general, other than that, it's like, is it common enough to have a curl of hair hanging in front of the ear? No, I think it's got to be these. And maybe other people wear them, too. It's a, it's obviously a religious thing, more often than not, probably. Um, it'd be funny if I just grew those out just, just in front of the ear, if I just grew out, grew out some curls and everything else was pretty short. Ear locks. Early is next. First form adverb from before the 12th century. 1A. Near the beginning of a period of time, as in awoke early in the morning. Early in the morning, it's the beginning of the morning time. That's the period of time we're talking about. I uh, I do wake up pretty early in the morning. Um, pretty much every weekday, I set my alarm for 5 a.m. So I have time to do all the things I got to do in the morning. And uh, and I still don't have enough time to do all the stuff. And so, um, and uh, my body is so used to it now. This morning, I woke up. I was awake, and then like five or ten seconds later, my alarm went off. And that happens quite often. Early in the morning, Spencer's waking up. 1B is near the beginning of a course, process, or series, as in early in his senatorial career. So it's not a period of time. It's the beginning of a thing, a, a, a process, a series. 2A, before the usual or expected time, as in, the train arrived early. Well, uh, that is so great. We get to hop on the train, but I hope, uh, or we get to get off the train earlier than expected. But, you know, the trains, they got their schedule to keep, so hopefully it doesn't leave the station early because, you know, because people, people are expecting it to arrive at a certain time. And so they may miss the train if it leaves early. Arriving early, great. Don't leave early. 2B, this is archaic and the synonym is soon. Very soon, I will be arriving soon. And I guess they used to say, I will be arriving early, which is not at all how we think of that. We don't think of early as soon anymore. 2C, sooner than related forms, as in, these apples bear early. So uh, I guess that means that the, what an apple tree is going to create apples earlier than expected. Uh, these apples bear early, sooner than related forms. Uh, so maybe it's certain apple trees in this context are, uh, are, are growing the apples or maybe the apples are ripe 
earlier than other types of apple trees. Which kinds we're talking about? I don't know my apples. Um, let's see. Uh, the, the etymology, this is from Old English. Airless, which is from air, which means early or soon. And there's more at the word air, E-R-E. The second form of early is an adjective from the 13th century, 1A, of relating to or occurring near the beginning of a period of time, a development, or a series, as in, in the early evening, also as in, the early symptoms of the disease. Now, this obviously seems similar, and it is similar to the previous word, uh, the, the adverb form of early, because that was all about near the beginning. But this one, this second form, is describing things, uh, this is an adjective. So the early evening, it's the part of the evening that is on the earlier side. Um, but the other thing was uh, you awoke early in the morning. It's just a different way to use the word, uh, different context, different grammar, I guess. I don't know. But uh, yeah, it can be confusing. One's an adjective and one's an adverb. 1B1, distant in past time. Early, so many, I want a context here. Um, But we also have 1B2, the synonym is primitive, as in early tools. Those tools are so, they're so early, they're, uh, they're so primitive they um they didn't figure out technology yet a, an early tool is like like a, a an arrowhead chipped away from a rock or uh you know something like that a stick a stick is an early tool 2a occurring before the usual or expected time as in an early arrival that's me i always get to places early 2b Occurring in the near future, as in, at your earliest convenience. So, very soon, see, that's interesting, you know, the archaic definition uh, earlier was soon. I used the word in the thing that I was saying earlier, soon. At your earliest convenience, in the near future, please, please arrive early at your earliest convenience. 2C, maturing or producing sooner than related forms, as in an early peach. I guess peaches, they can, they can mature or be produced earlier, sooner than related forms of peaches. Oh, that, that, song, that peaches song. It's so simple and silly and fun. You know what I'm talking about. Peaches, 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 peaches. And there's a couple of music videos. There's a great one where Jack Black is dressed up like Bowser and he's in a peach-colored room at a peach-colored piano. That's a lot of fun. So fun. Okay, earliness is a noun. And let's move on. Early American. Two words. First letters are capitalized. Noun from 1895. A style as of furniture, architecture, or fabric, originating in or characteristic of colonial America. Oh, yes, uh, the early American uh, furniture was 
made by Duncan Fife. Would he considered to be early American? I think maybe he was in the 1800s, 1700s. I can't remember. Um, you go. You can go to those early American little towns where uh, you, you everybody talks in early American speech and dresses early American. There was that great Parks and Rec episode about that kind of thing. Early bird. Two words. Noun from circa 1917. One. An early riser. I guess now I'm an early bird because I get up so early. And uh, even on the weekends, you know, as long as I don't go to bed too late, I'm waking up on the earlier side. But uh, I don't know if that's natural for me. I think my natural, you know, I'm not I'm not a night owl necessarily, but, you know, it's, I don't know. I guess I'm an early bird now. Number two, one that arrives early and especially before possible competitors. What, where are we, where are these competitors coming in? I don't think you've got competitors when you arrive early to a party, unless it's one of those competition parties that people have. Um, an early bird. Well, obviously, obviously, this is from the proverb, the early bird catches the worm, which of course is, you know, if, if you're not an early bird, you get up late, you're one of those birds that forgot to set their alarm, you just love sleeping, you go to bed late, you're, uh, you're going to go out there and all the worms are going to be gone. All the worms have been eaten. You don't get to have any worms. So shame on you. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to, I, I feel like the phrase, I don't know, is it the early bird catches the worm? You get there early, you're going to get the gold. I don't know. I don't know. Last word. Those are the sounds that my eardrum make. The last word is early on. Two words. Adverb from 1928. At or during an early point or stage, as in the reasons were obvious early on in the experiment. So during or very, very early, right after we started this experiment, we could already uh, see see the reasons were obvious. We, we found something early on. Um, there is some usage information. This adverb is sometimes objected to in American writing as an obtrusive Briticism. It is a relative newcomer to the language having arisen in British English around 1928. It seems to have filled a need, however. It seems to have filled a need, however. It came into frequent use in American English in the late 1960s and is now well established on both sides of the Atlantic in both speech and writing. This seems so odd to me that this was an issue, that this was, that we didn't say this in American English, and we took it from British English early on. The reasons were obvious early on in the experiment. I don't know. I mean, it makes sense to me, but I've, you know, it was already well into our vernacular by the time I was born, Um, So it doesn't sound weird to me. Interesting. Uh, Okay, it's word of the episode time. So we had today earbud 
ear canal, ear candy, ear clip, ear drop, ear drum, eared, eared seal, ear flap, earful, earring, earl, earl gray, earl marshall, earlobe, earlock, early, early, early American, early bird, and early on. I don't know what to pick. What do I want to pick? Uh, let's see. I'm thinking about uh, ear candy is fun, uh, especially when I put those little gumdrops in my ears. The eardrum, obviously, is very important. Uh, I heard of people, they, they're like, I busted my eardrum. My eardrum got broken up. I don't know the phrase. Pierced my eardrum, um, but so I guess it heals. And then as they're like, is there noticeable damage if your eardrum is punctured or breaks or something? Is it after it heals? Does it does it not work as well? I don't know any about that stuff. Uh, let's see. What other some good words? I'm not picking Earl Grey. I just don't really care for tea that much. I don't get it. I'm like Ted Lasso. Uh, earlobe. Uh, early bird. I don't know. Let's see. I guess... I guess we got to pick eardrum, don't we? Probably that one. Um, I'm playing on my drums. I'm an eardrum. I don't know. I don't know. My brain is not quite fully formed this morning. Um, Eardrum, eardrum. The sounds go in to your ear canal and they hit the eardrum. And it goes... It makes all the vibrations. The eardrum makes all the vibrations. And then it goes into the rest of the ear, which we described in the previous episode. And this was not a song at all, and I'm very disappointed in myself. Let's do something simpler. You're getting two, people. The sounds go into the ear canal, and they hit your eardrum. They hit your eardrum, and it goes... It was a little bit better. Maybe worse. I don't know. Um, long episode, a lot of words, a lot of things to say. Uh, let's quickly say, uh, movie that I watched. Uh, let's see, 32 Sounds, fascinating documentary, uh, just about sound in general, and I loved it, because I love me my sounds, as you can tell from all the weird sounds that I make with my mouth. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, super fascinating, really kind of artistic and meditative in a lot of places, and uh, highly recommend it. And it might even make you cry. Did you ever think that would be possible? All right, that is the end of the episode. Thank you very much for listening, and until next time, this is Spencer dispensing information. Goodbye. <laughs>